0: Hi guys, welcome to the Second Wife Life Podcast. This is Melissa. And I'm Shay. And we are college best friends who are living 3,000 miles away, but we share a very similar story. So join us in our journey as first-time wives,
1: automatic mamas, and navigating through this beautiful life. Hey guys, welcome back. We have a super fun episode for you guys today. So the last time we recorded was at the beginning of the month, as you guys know, we're doing bi-monthly, wait, did I say that right? Bi-monthly, but yeah, not bi-weekly, that's (laughs) my, I have mom brain and you'll understand why in a second, but, um, so as you guys know, we're releasing episodes every other week. Um, so last time Melissa and I got together, we recorded November 1st and we were talking about, um, what were we talking about? Oh my God.
0: We were talking about, I think, like Halloween and how that was for the boys. And then we did like a whole episode. That was our episode on um, mom guilt, mom guilt. That's what we did. Mom fatigue.
1: Yes. Wow. My brain is just like not in it today. Um, But anyways, the reason why my brain is not in it today is that day that Melissa and I were recording those episodes. Uh, I went into labor and we now have a beautiful baby girl. We named her Brooklyn and I was due November 11th, but she came on November 2nd and we couldn't be more happy. And we have an almost month year old, which is crazy to think. It's been almost, she'll be a month on December 2nd. And uh, it's crazy to think that she's here and it's been fun. It's been tiring. It's been exhausting, but yeah, we're, so today we're going to kind of talk about, Brooklyn and transitioning Brooklyn into the life with E and Dave and I and what that's been like. And it's been fun. It's been awesome. Um, E has been nothing but an amazing big brother. I could not be more happy to see his relationship with her. We took some family photos and you can just see him like beaming and all the photos holding her and smiling with her. And he loves to help and take care of her, which has been great. Um, We haven't really seen, I mean, other than the typical, I don't think he feels like displaced at all. Like I haven't noticed anything about that. I think other than the typical kids wanting attention, like that's definitely still there or it's, it, I want to say it's probably heightened a little bit. Like, you know, when kids do like things to get attention, it's not so much of acting out, but it's like the little annoying things. It's like, come on, stop being annoying.
0: Where it's, they're like, like making noise. Yes. saying like that they've like never have made noise before. And they're just like waiting for acknowledgement,
1: but yes. they're getting
0: like, bad attention for it. But to them, like bad attention is still attention regardless.
1: <laughs> yes. So I've noticed that a little bit more with Brooklyn being home, but, um, for the most part, he has been nothing but amazing. And I couldn't be more happy about that. And when he's at his bio mom's house, like he has an iPad there with a whole text, like through his email account. And he has one here at the same thing. But um, he'll text me and be like, how's my baby sister doing? And like, he'll check in on her when he's not here. And it's super sweet to watch. And we'll see how things keep going. And luckily, the crying through the night has not woken this child up. I don't know how. He sleeps right through it. But I'm not that surprised because he sleeps through his alarm for school, too. So, (laughs) but so luckily, the crying hasn't disturbed him or woken him
0: up or anything. But um, yeah, it's been So far, it's been good so far. So he's really taking like full ownership over it, you know, because like the idea of it can be really cool. Like, oh, yeah, I'm getting a baby. I'm getting a baby sister, baby brother. And then when it actually comes, some kids are like, oh, shit. Make this baby go back where it came from. Yes. <laughs> sounds like that is not the case at all with him. He's really embracing it.
1: He is really embracing it. And I think, too, that has a lot to do with his age. Like, I feel like I could be completely wrong. Um, there may be other people in the same situation that have kids roughly about the same age or older that are have experienced that. But I feel like with his age, it's different because he is older and he's able to do more on his own. So he doesn't necessarily need that 100% attention, like maybe a three-year-old would. Um, However, again, I could be wrong, but that's how I feel with our situation. But luckily, he's just been, he's been totally embracing it. And like when we told, we wouldn't, when I went into the labor, it was late Monday night. It was 1140 when my water broke and he was at his mom's house. So luckily We didn't have to worry about finding a place for him to go. So late at night, especially on school night, because he wasn't with us. So we, he wasn't supposed to come back to us till Wednesday. So Dave had texted his mom Tuesday morning when we knew they were awake, just to let him know that we were at the hospital and that his sister was coming. And he was like, so excited. A friend of mine texted me, Vanessa, who we've had on the podcast before in our first season, She had texted me saying when she dropped her daughter off at school, he came running up to to her daughter. was like, my baby sister's coming today was like, so excited. She said it was so cute to watch. And he was telling all his teachers and they were emailing me and Dave, like congratulating us. So like he was beyond stoked, just telling, like spreading the news, like wildfire. So He was super excited. And then unfortunately he couldn't be at the hospital with us because of COVID. We, there were any visitors, like Dave was considered my one visitor. So he had to wait till we got home to meet her, which worked out completely fine. And that first meeting was super special. And he had like the biggest smile on his face, but we would FaceTime him every night that we were at the hospital. After school, and he just wanted to like look at her and stare at her through the phone, which was adorable and super cute. So, luckily, that love is still there and hasn't (laughs) died down yet. (laughs) Maybe when she gets older and kind of terrorizes him a bit, maybe that'll go
0: away. (laughs) Once she's old enough to start like grabbing his toys and playing with his things and yes,
1: yes, or like climbing on him or who knows what. Maybe that's when he'll be like, all right, take this thing back.
0: But like you said, he's older, so he's able to understand on a different level, right? So right now he's probably like, oh, what can I help with? And he just wants to spend that time with her. Yes. Whereas when you have younger children, you know, they need your attention so much more because they're not as self-sufficient. Like if they need to go to the bathroom, you need to go help them. If they need something to eat, they still need your help. And with E, because he's eight, Right, if he's like, Hey, Shay, I want a snack, but like, let's say you're nursing Brooklyn or you're trying to put her down, you easily can communicate with him, like, Hey, bud, go grab whatever snack you want, or you know, like Dave's at home, like, you guys have a different way of being able to support him and communicate with him, as opposed to a three year old's where then, like, you need to go get the snack out of the pantry or the refrigerator,
1: <laughs> a thousand percent. It's so true. Like you, you nailed it perfectly. Like luckily at eight, like he can make his own breakfast. He can make his own lunch. He can make his own snack, you know? Um, that's why I said earlier too, like, I think with the attention thing, it's like, it's more heightened a little bit in the sense of like, like you said, the annoying sounds like he'll all of a sudden get on the, like we'll be watching a movie and he'll get on the floor and decide he wants to act like our dog Paisley. And it's like, really dude. (laughs) Like, yeah. What are you doing? You know, things like that. Or he'll he'll like lay on the floor and gun his back and he'll be like, I'm baby Brooklyn and act like he's a baby. And we're like, come on, dude. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like those little things that he's looking for attention for. But we still try and do as much with him as possible. And he's a big help too with Brooklyn. Like when I my hands are full with her and I need something, like he'll be the first to offer help. Um and then him and Dave, the uh, what was it last weekend? They had like a father Sunday, went to the LA auto show together which was a lot of fun for both of them. And I think that was great that he was able to get out and have like one-on-one time with dad while I stayed home with the baby. Um, I mean, they weren't gone all day. It was a couple hours, but still like, that's, you know, all, all he needs. So we're, we're managing through it. It does help having like the 50, 50 custody. Cause then we have like our days where we can just focus on the baby. Um, but as far as like trying to balance both, that hasn't been too, too difficult. And again, I think that has to do with his age because he is more self-sufficient. Um, he is able to do what he needs to do on his own. But um, to
0: school too, right? So in yeah. to school, he's like getting his like wiggles out, so to speak, with his friends at school. He probably comes home tired, right? You know, needing to be in class all day comes home and he does homework so he's in his own routine while you guys are still figuring out Brooklyn's routine and trying to navigate that so by the time he comes home it's like more more I guess like how it's always been yeah just with an added baby the chaos of the day and him being left to like twiddle his thumbs like all right. So like, what should I do now? (laughs) Yeah, completely. And I
1: will say too, like, I, like I did notice when, um, like our family, when we got home, like all the family that was coming over to meet her, like my parents, Dave's parents, my sister, my brother-in-law, those people, um, when they would get here, like I would be holding her and, and, you know, everybody wants to come in and hold her. And, E right away be like it's my turn to hold her it's my turn to her I'm like no E like you were just holding her before they got here it's now you know Mimi's turn to hold her like that's why they're here like they wanted to come meet her this is their first time seeing her let them hold her you know so but I also think that was too not so much of like him wanting the attention of holding her I think it was more so of showing off that he can hold his baby sister so yeah And it's like, no, like, yes, we know you can, you can show them after they've had their moment. Like you, like every time it was like, he was just holding her when the doorbell rang and I would pick her up so he could go get the door. And then it was like, I'm going to hold her now. And it's like, no, let's, you can wait. Like you just had her, it's okay. So, but I, again, I think that was more of showing off that like I can hold my baby sister more than really an attention thing. Um, because he was just so excited, which, we I couldn't be more thankful for so I'd rather have that than you know him hating coming back here because of his sister or something along those lines
0: well and being proud too like look this is my baby look like this is mine this is my baby and wanting to like show her off to family yes and then there might have been like and obviously like we're not in his mind and we don't even know if he's thinking this far into it or again like we mentioned in our last episode if the issue is really us um but he might be protective of her right like yeah you don't hold my baby I I will hold my baby sister and show you her yeah there could be that element of it too And you also, I remember you texted me and he was like turning into like the hand-washing police. Like everybody, you need to wash your hands before you touch her. You need to wash your hands, which is super great and super important when you're handling a newborn, like not just with COVID, but in general, right? A thousand percent. For him to take ownership of that to help protect her. Yes. He was
1: really good with that, with everyone that came over, especially like the family, like um, he had no problem telling family to go wash their their hands, but like we had, you know, a bunch of people brought us meals and stuff, like friends, and like I have a cousin that lives locally that came and brought us dinner and stuff after we got home, and he wanted to do it so much with them because he, you know, not as comfortable with them telling them that, obviously, like I would, but with the family coming over, he like his cousin, you know, hey, oh, did you wash your hands? You can't touch her till you wash your hands, or Tia Kate, you can't touch your hands until you, you know, like or you got to wash your hands, but like he was on it, which was super cute. So no, I think the protective thing has, is a great, I had never thought of that until you said that, but I think that definitely has a lot to do with it too, for sure. Um, but it's great seeing him so proud. I did pick him up from school, uh, before the Thanksgiving break and I brought Brooklyn with me and he was like, so excited to show her off. I mean, obviously she's in the stroller. So there's not like, you know, she's in her car seat in the stroller, but He was excited to show his friends and he like ran back inside his classroom and grabbed a teacher to come out and see her. And so like that proud moment is definitely there. Like he's very proud of, of his baby sister and definitely wants to show her off to, to everyone. Last night he um, was back at his mom's and they were at his grandma's house with family that came in town for the Thanksgiving holiday. And he facetied me to show his cousins on his mom's side, his baby sister So he's, that proud factor is definitely there for sure.
0: And then also too, you guys celebrated Thanksgiving together as a family. And I know we had talked about it before. Like he was super excited for that, but he's like a little, like not on edge, but like a little nervous about Christmas. Yeah. Now that he had Thanksgiving with her and you were able to show him like, look, like she's not fun yet, you know? Yeah. It's okay that you're not spending Christmas day with her, you know, cause like she just, she slept through Thanksgiving or like, were you able to kind of have that conversation or is he not really brought it up since? He
1: hasn't brought it up since. And I think you're right in that factor that he understands what we're trying to explain to him now. I think he sees it and gets it. I mean, obviously we'll still have a Christmas celebration with him. It just won't be that day. It'll be before Christmas. Like we'll celebrate a couple days before but um, I think he understands now that next year will be will be better because he hasn't brought that back up since um, maybe as it gets closer it it might come back up. Like we plan on decorating with him uh, this next weekend when he's back with us. So maybe it'll come up then while we're decorating and in that Christmas spirit, you know, but it hasn't come up since since that first initial conversation so I think he's starting to understand that yeah next year will be the more fun year with her as far as Christmas goes I don't even know what to like buy Brooklyn for Christmas as a newborn like do you even get a newborn gifts like (laughs) like I want E to get her something but I don't even know like
0: what he could give her because like she's only a month old you know (laughs) like what do you get a newborn for Christmas that would be super cute to do like a gift from him to her, and then a gift from her to him.
1: Yes, and that's what I want to do. Him isn't a problem; that's the easy part. But I don't know what to like do for her. You know, like
0: <laughs> what are you gonna do more for Christmas? Oh, I am no. I mean, is there anything that you guys still need for her? And I mean, then- not
1: necessarily—that's the thing. And I want like I want like I, I want you e to have something like fun to give her, not like clothes that she needs. You know, or what's
0: fun for a newborn though exactly <laughs> or like what would be something for when she's older that you could go back and be like oh this is what E got you for your first christmas Yeah, I I was
1: thinking, I mean, she has a bunch of books that we got from the baby shower. So I was thinking maybe another book and he can like sign it
0: on the inside. Oh, that would be so cute. He can write in it. Yeah,
1: I was kind of thinking that because like before she came, I took him to, um, what's that place called? Color Me Mine, like the ceramic thing. And we both, yeah, he had a lot of fun with it too, but we both made little ceramic items for the nursery. So he painted a little unicorn for her that's um, sitting on a shelf in there. And so, um, and he signed it at the bottom, like, love your big brother. And we put the year and stuff that obviously we made it and she was born, but like, that was fun to do, but I don't want to do another ceramic thing for her, you know, (laughs) like, exactly. So I was thinking maybe we can find a book. um, He could pick out a book for her that we don't have already. He can like maybe sign it on the inside or something.
0: I think that would be super cute and have him write in it. Yeah. Because then that isn't just something that she's going to need or use right now. Right. So you'll be reading to her and reading to her and reading to her. And then once she is wet in like preschool and starting to read, then that can be a book that she starts reading, you know, so it has like multiple uses it's not something that's just gonna okay well you're not an infant anymore time to pack it up yes have youth as she's learning to read herself
1: yes and like meaning behind it too like I said like I didn't want to do clothes because like
0: yeah they grew out of that yeah they grew out
1: of that and that's not fun for like a brother to get to her on on her first quote-unquote Christmas but I like I know Dave and I were talking like what do we even buy her like do we even buy her anything (laughs) like maybe a couple more pacifiers or like, you know, some more leg, like leggings, some pans. I don't know. <laughs> it's not like she's going to remember it or be able to open it or understand what's going on. So it's just for like pictures. It's just for pictures and more for like, like E to experience with her, you
0: know? <laughs> yeah. I think having her payout books would be really cute.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking. I'm glad you solidified my idea. <laughs>
0: gifts for babies.
1: Yes. If you, if anybody has uh, ideas for gifts for newborns, please send them my way. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> just on Instagram. But yeah, no, things have been really good. I'm very thankful during this thankful season <laughs> of how everything has been going.
0: Okay. So now that we've done like a little update with how E is adapting to life with Brooklyn, what happened on November 1st after we stopped recording?
1: So yes, this is kind of a wild story about how I went into labor, but so after-
0: Real quick, just to preface it, after we were done recording that day, we stayed on Zoom for like an hour talking about like when we think the baby is going to come, how she's feeling, you know, she's not ready to like kick the baby out with an eviction letter yet. And so like we had this whole conversation about like how good she's feeling. And then I just wanted people to have like that background of it. No, no. I think that was smart. No signs of baby Brooklyn coming on Monday. Yes. There was no signs. Like
1: I know some people talk about like having like contractions leading up to like their water breaking. I mean, I've had Braxton Hicks for a couple weeks, but it wasn't anything alarming or concerning. Um, But yeah, Melissa and I did have this long conversation about baby Brooklyn coming. And I was not expecting anything to happen that night at all. Like I was telling Melissa that that next day I was planning on going to the grocery store and like cooking a bunch of meals to freeze. And that clearly did not happen. But so anyways, I had a chiropractor appointment because I had been having sciatic pain and lower back pain because of the pregnancy. And so I'd been going to a chiropractor since I was like 28 weeks, roughly. So after Melissa and I got done recording that day, I had my appointment and went there. And a lot of, they do say that they can hit pressure points at appointments when you are in your like third trimester and that can induce labor a little bit. So I knew that going into my third trimester of seeing the chiropractor and they even told me that too. So I had that. And then I went to dinner with some coworkers that night too. And then they also say as well, that sex helps induce labor. So Dave and I kind of held off on the sex thing. Cause we didn't want to like, with our luck, we're like, watch, it'll happen too soon, too early. You know, they say like to have sex starting around like 35 ish weeks. I think I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what my chiropractor told me.
0: Wait, sorry. So while you're pregnant, you can't have sex until you're like in the back half of your third child. No, no, no,
1: you can, you can, but they oh. say like around the 35, 36 mark is like a good time to start having sex to help not only induced labor but like kind of like stretches you out down there too for the birthing process so
0: yeah i should have clarified thank you for interrupting good question it was like wait what so like from because people still have sex because you don't know that you're pregnant right off yes you know and so but like as soon as you find out you're not supposed to until you okay no, I um, will say I've those, never had my own child or done any research on that. I will
1: <laughs> say though, sex during pregnant is not the most comfortable thing, no matter what trimester you're in. But anyways, that's a whole other story. Anyways, no, they say when you get closer to your due date, that sex can not only help induce labor, but it also helps kind of like get your muscles down there going. Um. So anyways, that Dave and I kind of held off on that. Cause we were like, knowing our luck, like, I'll go into labor super early, like we're not ready for that, you know. So, so that night I come home from getting dinner with some coworkers, and we, I was like, "All right, like I'm 38 weeks now. Like I'll be 39 on Thursday, and this is a Monday night, mind you, um, when this all happened. It was November 1st. So I was like, "All right, babe, it's 38 weeks. Like why don't we try this sex thing? Like, you know, we're close enough that if she comes, we're fine." And he's like, okay, fine. But then he did say before we had sex, he's like, if she comes tonight, like I swear, like you know, he made this whole like comment and speech about it. So, anyways, we have sex, and well, we watch some shows or laying in bed watching some shows, and we have sex. And I kid you not, thirty minutes after we had sex, my water broke. It was eleven forty at night. I had just fallen asleep and all of a sudden I felt this like gush, like I had peed, like this big gush and I pop up and I was like, "Uh Oh, And Dave's face. And he was like, no, no, no. And I throw the sheets and I could just see like a puddle in the, in the bed and I get up and I just run to the bathroom. (laughs) This may be too TMI for everyone, but you're just like leaking all over the place. It's a very weird feeling. Just an FYI. But anyway, so sex does help. I am living proof of that. And definitely the chiropractor helps too. Oh, and the night before was Halloween. So we were walking around a lot for Halloween night. So I think the walking and chiropractor, the sex all kind of accumulated and and went together. It was the perfect
0: trifecta.
1: It was. It was. So anyways, it was 1140, my water breaks um, and then they (laughs) Then they say to, you know, labor at home as long as you can. Um, my doctor said to remember like five one one. So uh, contractions that are five minutes apart, lasting a minute long, and that are about in, in, for about an hour. So it's about 2.30 when we finally get to the hospital because it only took about two hours roughly for uh, or two and a half hours roughly for my contractions to be between five and three minutes apart. So they came pretty fast. Um, and they were lasting a minute and they were getting stronger and stronger. And so we get to the hospital and I get admitted, I get checked in and I was at two centimeters when I got checked in. And so they, the contractions kept coming and I want to, and then they had, they had a scheduled C-section at seven thirty. So the only time I could get my epidural was either at six thirty or wait till after the, the C-section, which was at nine. And I was like, I'm not waiting till 9am. Like that's too long. And my goal for me personally was to make it to about five centimeters before getting an epidural anyways. And so by the time six thirty hit, I was at four and a half, five centimeters. So I had reached my goal, which was awesome. So I got the epidural and that thing is amazing. Highly recommend it to anyone that's considering it. Didn't feel a thing during the birthing process, which was awesome but it did slow down my dilation. I was still having contractions consistently, but my dilation wasn't going as fast as it was. So then they had to give me Pitocin so I can dilate um, again and keep it going. So they gave me the Pitocin and a couple hours later I'm finally dilating. And it was about three, three, three o'clock in the afternoon. And I started feeling a lot of pressure um, down below. Like I, Like, I don't really know how to describe it. Just like pressure. It wasn't a contraction. It was just like pressure down there. And then around like four o'clock, roughly, they checked me and I had reached 10 centimeters. And not only had I reached 10 centimeters, but her head was already there. And they were like, do you want to touch her head?
0: I was like, no, I'm good. Wait, (laughs) what? Oh my God, my voice. (laughs) Sorry guys, I'm sick. Um, wait, so they asked you if you wanted to touch her head. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm good. I'll wait
1: till she comes out. That's a little too much for me. So I got really lucky and didn't really have to push that much because she was already, by the time I reached centimeters, she was already there, ready to go. So I only had to push through three contractions and she was out. So probably like 30 minutes tops of pushing because she was born at 432. So I got super lucky in that sense because she had dropped so much during while we were waiting for me to dilate she had already dropped and was ready to go. So she was ready but my body wasn't fully ready. So that kind of helped. But yeah, she was she was ready to go. She came out super fast and came out healthy and no issues and it was I was very proud of myself in the birthing aspect. Like I don't handle pain well and so I was very anxious about Going into labor and having a kid because of the stories you hear. But I took these birthing classes and read some books that kind of helped me and it helped and prepare me, but there was still some kind of anxiety going into it. But then, like once you're actually physically in the moment, like all that anxiety and everything kind of went away because you're just so focused on doing what you need to do to, you know, get her out. So everything went smoothly. I was proud of myself on how everything went. And I think I got super lucky with how everything went too. But, um, yeah, we came home on Thursday, November 4th with an awesome new addition to the family. And that was the birthing experience.
0: It sounds like, and I know we've talked about it, like just such a seamless process for you. Like, okay, Monday night, water breaks, do your thing at home for a little bit. If you were able to go to the hospital, you didn't get turned away, which is something we've talked about, you know, like so many people do get turned away because they haven't like I don't know. Was it contractions? They aren't happening often enough or they're not dilated enough. And so they're like, all right, you have to go back home and wait it out, you know, and you didn't have to go through that. Yeah. It just seems like it was very well, like orchestrated, very seamless. She was ready. Yes. And she made it known.
1: <laughs> she made it known. So yeah, she was nine days early. It was funny because I kind of wanted her to come on her due date because I thought 11 11 was a cool date, and then I'm also 11 22, so I thought that'd be fun to have. But she came on the second, so we're both like November second-ish, you know. So I think that's cool. And then E also is a second; he's the second of July, so we all have like the twos involved, which is a cool little thing. But yeah, I think I think I got lucky for sure. The recovery process is a whole other story too. Like you're definitely sore down there for a couple days. You, not to be too TMI, but you bleed out for a while. Like I'm still kind of recover. It's like a long period essentially, but a little Does bit heavier hurt? flow. Does what it that? hurt like a period? It doesn't hurt like a period. It's more just like achy down there and like kind of throbbing. They give you prescription medicine, but to take home, like I got prescribed Motrin, but to help with the pain and stuff, but it's more of like an achy throb. And like when you sit down or readjust and to like, Feed and nurse. Um, like, think of riding a bicycle, you know, you get sore down there if you're a woman. Think of that times like 10 um, is the best way I can think to describe it. Um, but yeah, so that's that recovery process, the whole, whole other thing. But it's not like terrible. Like, you get through it, you know? And you
0: can't like wear tampons, right?
1: No, you can't wear any tampons for six weeks.
0: I feel like that would be hard. I mean, not necessarily that you would like want to, but getting used to like wearing pads or like, I know that they do like those special like maternity type like padded, not diapers, but they're like the mesh undies. Yeah. So they give you the mesh undies, which are
1: pretty comfortable. I'm not going to lie. And then they They are, they are comfortable. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then they give you like these pads to take home and these like little, Um, Like they're like witch hazel pads that are supposed to help too. So they give you all that stuff. And then you can also buy some as well um, when you get home, but they, they all help in some different way. And then they give you ice packs too, which are really nice. And those I like, I wear those a lot at night, especially when we got home. Um, But like, even just like when you're starting to get back to normal activity, like going for walks or like walking just around, like you'll get throbbing and pain down there. But yeah, the hospital does prepare you for all that for sure. But it's definitely a different type of like period, I guess you could say in a way.
0: See, these are the things that like, they don't tell you until you're already in it. You're in too deep and you can't get out.
1: (laughs) It's true. It's true. Like I have several friends that have kids, but they never told me about any of this like afterwards until I was pregnant, you know, like they kind of like warn you, later on but it's not something like people just openly discuss with like friends unless they've gone through it themselves which is weird like you think you'd tell everybody everything but and then I will say too like postpartum heart hormones are a whole nother level like I've, I've never been someone to really PMS on my periods or even like pregnancy hormones never really got the best of me I had like some moments but postpartum hormones are like a whole nother level and something completely new to me um like with with Brooklyn she left the hospital she was born at 67 and we left the hospital at 63 and for two weeks she wasn't gaining any weight she wasn't losing but she wasn't gaining so she was eating enough just to like maintain her weight so um we had what I ended up having to do I met with the lactation consultant and her pediatrician and what we decided for me to do is I would nurse her and then after I would nurse her I'd pump and then That breast milk that I pumped, I would feed to her after I nursed her the next time. So, the next time I would nurse her, and the problem is, is she would usually fall asleep while nursing too, no matter like what I did to try and wake her up, like she just would not wake up. So, I would do, or what I've been doing is feeding her on one breast, giving her the bottle from what I pumped prior, and then feed her on the other breast if she's still hungry. And then by that time, she'll usually like pass out. And then an hour later, I'll have to pump again. But when you first start pumping and my body wasn't used to the quote unquote double feedings in a way like nursing and then pumping back to back, my body wasn't used to that. So by the time I'd pump, I would get like not even an ounce. And my hormones like went crazy on that because I was like, I don't have enough milk to like get her to gain weight, which, which drove me nuts because I would leak a lot. Like I'd have to wear like pads. Like I ended up buying these collection cups to wear because I would leak a lot. And I would collect a lot of Like I would get an ounce of two ounces, maybe even three ounces just from leaking in between feedings. So I would get all this much from leaking before I started pumping, but then I would pump and not get anything. And so my mind just went like all over the place with that. So my hormones got the best of me during that process for Dave, especially at night when I'm trying to pump and I'm tired and, you know, she's waking up every two hours to eat. I got nothing to give her. I uh, definitely lost my mind a few times on that one. And then there's like one time when our dog threw up in the middle of the night, and I like cried over that. (laughs) Like, it's just, it's, it's a, I mean, you're tired. You got your hormones are flying. You're stressed about just like trying to provide for your baby. And so it's like a lot of these things that, that overwhelm you. It's a lot of emotions and just stress and all this stuff that kind of like gets thrown at you at once. And it's, it's a lot. (laughs) I will admit it's a lot, but we're doing better now. She's gaining weight. We're, We're at seven pounds now. So we've got the process down, uh, except for when she goes into her cluster feeds and she wants to eat every like hour and a half. And then you're pumping on top of that. It's like feed this hour, pump this hour, feed this hour, pump this hour. So it's exhausting, but we're making it through and she's healthy. So that's all that matters. But the hormones are definitely another thing people don't really talk about either for sure.
0: No. And it's like, why is there so much? like I don't know if stigma is the right word um I mean for postpartum depression and you know the hormones and just like that fourth trimester like people don't talk about it and it's like why why is this something I mean as of recently it's starting to get more and more traction right as you have like celebrities who are coming out with these things but why is it taking so long and why hasn't the momentum you know really been there and for you, you know, and this is, you know, like kind of on the spot that I just thought of, but do you feel like it's hard to talk about like with the hormone piece, like going through the postpartum or do you feel like it's no, it's fine. And I'll get over it. Like, um, I mean, I
1: don't have a problem talking about it. Um, I think when it was happening, I, I felt bit like embarrassed. Like even like, I would try and hold back the tears, even from Dave, like Dave would leave the room and I would let it cry. And then he'd come back in the room and I would like suck it up. Um, and then he would catch me and then I would just like lose it again. So I think it was more of just like, cause I knew it was like stupid things to cry over. And I think that's where I felt like embarrassed. Like I know the milk thing takes a while, like your supply hits pretty quickly, but it takes a while for your supply to like regulate basically. So and I knew that, but it's still like in the moment, it still makes you feel a different way. So I think it was for me it was more embarrassed of what I was crying over and what I was so upset over. Cause I know it sounded so stupid. Um, because it I knew I knew that it wasn't true. Like what I was feeling wasn't true. Like I knew that the milk would come. I knew it would regulate. I knew all this stuff was gonna happen. It's just in the moment you feel completely different. If that makes sense at all.
0: No, that totally makes sense. And I mean, even when you think about it with like, even just taking it over to like anxiety in general, like so many people don't talk about anxieties that they have because they know what they're anxious about is not like rooted in any sort of like, reality how you're saying okay what I'm crying over like it's not real but it actually is real because it's upsetting and so allowing like it's a confusing spider web of okay this is what I'm feeling why am I upset over it this is embarrassing to be upset over but these are also my feelings right now yes and you're Trying to navigate all of that like with no sleep. Yeah. Trying to adjust. Like it's not just taking care of like yourself. Everything is like rooted in taking care of her. Right.
1: A thousand percent. And I'm not a super emotional person to begin with. Like I don't just like cry, you know, like even like sappy movies. Like I know like a lot of girls like cry over that. Like those never affect me. So for me to like cry over something that's like so silly and so ridiculous and at the end of the day, like looking back on it, I think that's a lot of where I felt like the embarrassment, especially like, like I said, like I would try and hide my me crying from Dave, but I had no reason for that, you know, but I think that that has to do with, I'm not an emotional person and here I am a freaking hot mess, (laughs) you know? So it was it was all very, very new to me. And like, even when she's like the past couple of days, she's been super fussy because she's going through like a growth spurt that they say at the three week mark. Um, and so that she's feeding a lot. And so between the pumping and feeding and her being fussy, like that got me kind of stirred up a little bit too. Um, but again, it's, it's lack of sleep. It's the anxiety of making sure you're doing everything right. It's, I mean, trying to keep her alive, you know, like I need to feed her to keep her alive, you know, like there's a lot of things that kind of go into it. So at the end of the day, like they're not stupid reasons, but then like they are silly reasons because, you know, like it's just a hurdle right now and you'll get through it. Like, you know, it's not the end of the world really,
0: but yet your emotions take over and your mind kind of takes over and gets the best of you. Well, then tying it back to like, you know, Paisley throwing up in the middle of the night, like, is that something you normally would have like cried over in the past? No, probably not. Unless she threw up on something that was like incredibly important to you and it was ruined or like Like, (laughs) something. But was it something that in the past you might've been like, seriously, (laughs) probably, you know? So like there is still some like, normal response to that you know like oh you're finally sleeping and now the dog's throwing up like can I catch a break like who wouldn't cry over that you know
1: yes no it's it's I think the best way to explain it is like everything's just heightened Mm -hmm. you know like there's that extra heightened layer or level to everything so with Paisley throwing up in the middle of the night like no I wouldn't normally cry about it would be annoying yes absolutely but because your hormones are extra heightened, then that brings the extra level of crying or the extra emotion with it. So everything's just at like a heightened state for sure. But I'm getting better. We're getting through it. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be something else I'll
0: cry about. <laughs> well, that's a huge adjustment, right? So if you cry, like let yourself cry. It's okay. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then how has it been, you know, having a baby during this pandemic that we all thought would be more or less like over by this point and having like family and friends who want to meet her, E is in school and like, there's so much potential exposure. Like how have you guys handled that? We've,
1: we've been pretty good about it. I mean, obviously like family came first when it came to like meeting Brooklyn and stuff. Um we've had some friends come over and meet her but we, we're not like exposing her to everyone. It's more of like the close friends um that we like know and I don't want to say trust. It's not that we don't trust our other friends, but it's like the super close ones that we know aren't like exposed in any way type of scenario. Um we did have a, a scare at one point of being exposed but luckily um, that was something else I cried about. <laughs> we did have a scare of being exposed, but luckily we were all safe. So that was good, but that was stressful because I did freak out over that and did get my emotions to get the best of me over that too. And I did cry freaking out for not just us, but for her. Um, cause you know, there's their immune system so little at the time that they're born. And so that was scary, but we, we got through that thankfully, but it is with Ian's school, I think because he has to wear a mask, It that helps a lot. Like I like he hasn't gotten sick once when normally he would have like three colds by now. So I think the masks in school is definitely a huge thing and definitely working as far as any kind of illness goes. And then like we talked about earlier, he's the hand washing police. So as soon as he comes from home from school, he's washing his hands immediately Um so I think that helps too. And, and him being alert and aware of bringing anything home too, but I'm, I'm telling you, I think the masks are like, they're, they're a big help for sure, because he hasn't been sick once this year when he normally would have had, like I said before, like three colds by now. So thank I'm very thankful for that, but it is, I mean, we've gone out with her too. We've gone out to like Target and grocery stores with her already, but usually we like keep her, like I had that nursing cover, car seat cover thing over it to kind of help protect her too. Um, I think because of where we live right now, like cases are low. So it hasn't been like too terrifying, but I know there's like that new variant that they're talking about from South Africa. So I'm a little nervous if that comes over here, like what will happen? I might go in crazy, like, lockdown mode with her, but we'll see. But, um, yeah, it's more of just, you know, picking and choosing what we do and who we have around really. We're not exposing her to like, we're not going to take her to a party or anything, you know, or, or something like that. If that makes sense.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, it does. Cause I feel like, you know, people, get so excited when they have a baby and they want to like show the baby off to everybody. And then you also have like family and friends who are like, Oh, let's come over. We want to see the baby. We want to see the baby. But then they don't think about like, okay, wait, the baby's immune system is like nowhere close to any of ours. Yeah. And then you add a pandemic on top of it and like, okay, like how do you manage that? Yeah. Like you guys are just being like really careful of like, Not picking and choosing in like a bad way, like you said, but just like being really mindful of who you're allowing to interact with her.
1: Yeah. And most of the people that we've had interacting with her are all like vaccinated too. And it's not like we're checking or asking, but like, I know they're vaccinated already. So like, I know vaccination doesn't necessarily mean you're 100% clear, but it does like help a little bit. So, you know, there's that factor too, but At the same time, it's hard to like not share her with friends and family, you know, we're not letting the pandemic, like, or COVID necessarily stop us from sharing her to everyone, but we are being careful at at what we do and who we do share her with. Um, But it's, you can't like, I don't want to say you can't really live in, like, you can't live in fear, you know? Um, So we're kind of taking it with that approach, but being cautious at the same time.
0: So, like you know it's a risk, but then just being really careful again, yeah. about who who is around. Yeah, because even without the pandemic, like any exposure to any new person like poses a risk to a baby. And so now yes. it's a calculated very calculated risk, you know? Yeah,
1: no, completely. It's a risk no matter what, like, like even with flu and cold season, it's a risk, which is what we're in right now. So despite COVID, we'd have to be careful, you know, with it too, just because of the season that we're in. But
0: like I said, we're not (laughs) just like balancing all of it. And like you said, you want to share her with all of your friends and family And you want them to be able to experience her like when she is in this like newborn stage because it happens once and she's already grown what, like almost a pound since she's been born. Yeah. She's already made this huge leap and it's just going to continue.
1: Completely, completely. And everyone wants to see the newborn stage, not like, you know, six months stage. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, like I said, we're not going to be like hosting a party for everyone to come see her or going to like. You know crazy birthday parties or weddings or or anything like that with her but um we are being mindful of just like who is around her that's all it's not it's not anything against anyone for sure like I've had friends text me and be like hey we want to come meet her and I'll say yeah that's fine but like you know everyone that's come to me that I've asked to come meet her it's usually they're all spread out from each other. It's not like this person's coming Monday, this person's coming Tuesday, this person's coming Wednesday, you know like I have friends that are coming on this next weekend, I want to come meet her. And I said, that's fine. We had someone come, what was it right before Thanksgiving, but there's been no one in between, you know? So it's just, you know, it's also like spacing it out too. So she's not exposed to like so many people so quickly and so fast because one person could have a cold, you know what I mean? And the other person could be, have nothing and back to back could be too much for her as well. So it's just like, I think spacing it out kind of helps too. I, in my opinion, I could be wrong. I don't know. A first time mom here.
0: <laughs> but <laughs> I, but think, I don't know. I think so we're handling different. it well. Well, it's going to be so different for everyone too, right? And like, depending on where you live, like cases are low. E isn't coming home with all kinds of like cooties, you know, And here yeah. we're in Hawaii where like the temperature is like pretty constant, you know, and Owen, and I have been knocked on our ass for the last week sick with some sort of cold like we got tested and we're negative we know it's not COVID but whatever this cold is that's going around or I don't know if it's like a flu but this has not been yeah <laughs> it's not been fun in the slightest um so yeah it not even just COVID that you that you're needing to watch for like you said it's going into cold and flu season and I think what helps
1: is like what makes me more calm is Ian's school because there's, you know, usually kids are so germy and they come home sick all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think if there wasn't masks and it wasn't COVID, I'd be more concerned on that level. Oh, yeah. um, but because he's protected with the masks and washing his hands all the time, like I feel better. Um, so that makes me feel better about like friends and stuff too. Cause when they come over, I just make them wash their hands before they hold her or touch her. But it's, it's, I think E and that school kid age is more my, I know that sounds crazy, but was more my concern, but because he's not coming home with any germs, Mm -hmm. it, it makes me feel more comfortable and better.
0: Yeah. Well, see, and that's where, like, for me, like, I know, we've talked about this, like, I know where we got this cold from and it wasn't school, you know, and yeah, schools are doing a really great job. Yeah, they are. This, like the masks, and I was asking, oh, when? Because I like I'm a total like germaphobe. For like those of you who don't know me, like washing hands, like Lysol wipes are one of my favorite things. I always have Lysol wipes in my purse. <laughs> like, um. No, total germaphobe. Like, you feel remotely sick, like, get out of my house. Like, yeah. I don't want to go to your house. I don't want to see you that badly. It's <laughs> Which- true. It sounds really mean, Um, but when we started to feel sick, I immediately like went down this like list in my head of, okay, like who are we around? Who is sick? Who is, you know, like all of these things. And I wanted to make sure that it wasn't something from school. So I was asking like, oh, have any kids in your class been absent this week? You know, and he's like, oh my gosh, mom, like why are you asking me about this? I was like, well, I wanna see if it's something that's going around at school or not. And he was like, no, it's not. I'm like, "Will you wear your mask all day. Like, I know that your teachers make you sanitize your hands every time you come into the classroom, whether it's from like recess, lunch, going to the bathroom, like they sanitize. And then I asked him, I was like, wait, are you guys allowed to share school supplies? Like if your friend over there has a really neat colored marker that you want to use, are you allowed to use it? And he was like, no, you have to use only your own supplies. And I was like, all right, sweet. Like, I know this isn't something from school. Yeah. <laughs> and that just made me feel better because I think we were all so scared with kids going back to school. Like, oh my gosh, there's going to be all these crazy COVID breakout or outbreaks. But like, that is not the case at all. Like schools are just for any teachers listening or family members who are teachers, like schools are doing an amazing job. at keeping yeah, they are. through all of this. And you have to, like, like I said, I know exactly where we got sick. Like someone came over sick and I should have done the right thing and been like, get out. But I didn't. And now I'm like paying for it now. Um,
1: But it's picking it. It's also picking and choosing, which makes it hard too. Yeah. Like, like, you know, like yeah, everyone needs to take any kind of sickness so serious nowadays, which they should, but they have every reason to but it's also like picking and choosing at the same time too, which makes it hard.
0: Yeah, it really does. So the moral of this story, I guess, is if you feel crappy, same. stay fuck <laughs> away from other people. Especially <laughs> babies. The <laughs> end. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you guys are doing a great job with all of the things going on and needing to protect her, but then also knowing you can't live in fear and you know, some exposure to other people is good when they're little and, you know, weighing out like the pros and cons again, like that calculated risk and she's doing great. You guys are doing great. And that's all that matters at the end of the day.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So I think we're doing something right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
0: And she's going to be a month soon. Yeah. That's exciting.
1: It's crazy. It goes by fast. It really does. I know we've talked about it with just the boys, but even as a baby, it goes by fast already. So, and I, I feel like the years just fly by faster as you get older too. And the days go by faster as you get older.
0: Oh, I have a question while you're in the middle of all of this, right? Like you're just about almost four weeks postpartum, you're going through like the sleep deprivation, like you're in the thick of the mud right now. Would you do it again? That's a good
1: question. Um, it's funny because Dave, Dave is like, we're one and or not one and done because we have E, but you know, when it gets tough at night, he's like, I don't know if I could do this again. Brooklyn, you're gonna be one and one and done. And part of me is like, I don't know, I think I could do it again. Like, as much as the sleep deprivation sucks, and as much as like the nursing and pumping every hour sucks. Um I think I could do it again, but we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> I think I, I need to curious. get my husband
0: more on board first. <laughs> I was just curious because so many people, like, after the fact, like, after a few months, they're like, oh, yeah, that phase wasn't as bad. Like, it sucked, but, like, it wasn't terrible,
1: you know, yeah. like,
0: wait, you're in the middle of it. Let's see how you feel now compared think, to like six months from now and then a year yeah. from that.
1: I tend to have like a very optimistic
0: like approach
1: on a lot of things. You so, are really
0: optimistic, yeah.
1: Yeah. So I think that's why I'm like, yeah, I think like it sucks. I'm a very like, I don't really look, I mean, in the moment, yes, it's hard. Like, you know, but I tend to look on outside the moments and like the future and down the line. Um, I don't focus on like the bad moments and stuff. So that's why I think I totally could do it again. Like I said, I got this optimistic approach on life. So I've never been one to like be a negative Nancy or anything. So I think I could, I think like, it's hard. Like I'm not denying that, but, but then again, doing it again with maybe like a three or four year old versus an eight year old, that could be a lot harder. Um, I think we have it easy because of the situation where I won't even say easy, but I think because of E being eight, it makes it easier. Um, I think if we were to do this again and Brooklyn's like three or four, like, I don't want to do it anytime soon. I think that'd be too hard. Like my ideal time would be when she's like three or four, um, might be harder for sure. Um, but hopefully she'll be in like some kind of like daycare or school thing by then. So that kind of like helps a little bit I don't know we'll see we'll see but I think I could
0: get her in preschool and again like you had such a great experience not negating the hard parts of it right because they were definitely there but overall it sounds like you had a really great experience
1: yeah no I definitely did like there was nothing traumatizing or anything like that and I know like a lot of things can go wrong with labor and delivery like you know, Danielle had an emergency C-section one time. So did another friend of mine. She had another emergency C-section. So like, you know, and, and those things can be scary and those things can be traumatizing or like you hear that the baby gets stuck or you hear that the baby flips or this or that. And like, I'm not negating that those things don't happen because they for sure do. And I, I've been there for Danielle when that happened for her, I was in the room. So I, I know what the potential is with a lot of births. Um, But I think I got very blessed and lucky to have a pretty easy birth for the most part, Um, which does make it easier to say, yeah, I could do this again because there was no traumatizing experience or scary moments or, or anything like that. Like I will say when I stopped dilating and the Pitocin was taking a while to to kick in, I was nervous that they were going to come in and say, we need to do an emergency C-section Um, that thought did cross my mind, but luckily it was never brought up. It was never talked about and it never happened. But, um, and every birth is different too. Like I know some people have had easy births with one kid and difficult births with another. So, you know, my second, if we do do it again, my
0: second one could be a total different experience. Who knows? That's what's so scary about it to me. Like you have no idea what it's going to be.
1: Yeah, it's true. And then
0: like, birthday is like a very natural process, but anything can happen. And that's terrifying, especially if you have anxiety, (laughs) (laughs) your meals just go, 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 go. And I mean, that night when you texted us, like I was constantly like checking my phone. Like I did not sleep well (laughs) then. So I was like, okay, is she okay? Okay. She said to text that they're okay. Okay. This is happening. They're fine. It's just... Anything can happen. And that's so scary. And I mean, you guys got so lucky and but like, oh. there's nothing else to say with it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So yeah, I think
1: overall we're surviving day by day. <laughs> we're still alive over here. My newborn is still alive over here. So clearly we're doing something right. But we'll uh, keep giving you guys updates as life goes on.
0: That's what we're here for yes and we're going into christmas soon um so i don't know <laughs> i'm well, sick i can't think <laughs>
1: you can't think
0: is really that to... i can't think because i like, got mom brain i can't think any further than december 2nd because that's when my last final is due Woo-hoo! <laughs> I'm going into finals this week. I finished a like twelve-page paper yesterday, oh, geez. and then I need to start a fifteen-page paper today. Oh. So I'll do this week. You're
1: almost there. You're almost there, and then you got
0: one left to go. Yeah, one more yeah. semester. Yeah, and big you news this. coming with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Woo-hoo! Uh, all right well thank you guys for listening and I, we hope you guys enjoyed the little update about baby brooklyn making her arrival into the rocha family and yes. his adjustment with it all and here we have it marked shay said she would consider having a baby again while she's in it's the been recording <laughs> i'm just gonna get dave on board we'll see
1: <laughs> all right well thanks guys we hope you enjoyed this one and any new mom advice, send our way. We'll take it. (laughs) Bye. Bye.